Paratruth Radio is a proud member of Evergreen Podcasts on KillerPodcast.com. This episode is brought to you by Audible.com. If you like listening to beautiful voices like ours instead of reading words, then head on over to Audible where you can get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com forward slash paratruth, where you can choose from over 180,000 titles for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Christian and non-Christian paranormal investigators. They have two different views, and it seems as if neither of them can ever agree on anything. So what happens when the mainstream view of the paranormal crosses paths with the Christian view? going on, Paratruthers? Welcome to a brand new episode of Paratruth Radio. My name is Justin. And I'm Eric. And while you're listening to the show this week, check out our website at paratruthradio.com where you can learn more about us and what we do. Also feel free to look into our Patreon account at paratruthradio.com and help us to continue bringing the world fresh, entertaining media each and every week. And of course, by contributing, you'll become an executive producer of an upcoming episode of Paratruth Radio and officially become part of the Paratruth family, which will include special monthly behind-the-scenes access to our, you guessed it, production. <laughs> and I think you guys will be really interested in this, the behind-the-scenes stuff because we do go into great depth into our our episodes because we have to do research we have to do editing we we've got a bunch of stuff going on after we record so so this week we are talking about one of our all-time favorite dare i say our our favorite topic mm-hmm. <laughs> cryptids and uh it's going to be an interesting episode we've got JC Johnson on and uh it's going to be an awesome show so Let's go on to the transition intro. Now Paratruth presents Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of Cryptids with special guest J.C. Johnson. J.C. Johnson, considered by some to be the Indiana Jones of cryptozoology, founded and leads a group of dozens of enthusiastic and determined researchers focused on a variety of strange and mysterious creatures in the Four Corners area of Arizona, Colorado, New Mexico, and Utah, and of course, worldwide. This group's research includes everything from Bigfoot and giant snakes to living dinosaurs and Native American skinwalkers. Johnson has been a professional river and outdoor guide for more than 20 years. His experience and knowledge in nature, as well as his undying faith, make him a driving force in the field of cryptozoological and paranormal research. JC, welcome to Paratruth Radio. How are you doing tonight? Doing awesome, guys. I'm I'm up here in northern Minnesota. Still haven't got a real spring going on yet. Yeah. (laughs) Looking forward to it. But we're up near Canada. 
I've got a moose out on a treadmill right now, and I've got a carrot in front of him. He's generating electricity for us. They're going, go moose, go moose, go buddy. Well, Here I'm in Bismarck, North Dakota, so I I kind of feel your pain. So. <laughs> you got any grass yet? Uh, we any we do finally have grass. Yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> So, JC, uh, before we get started, I wanted to ask you, and uh, I know a lot of our listeners have heard you before, but what got you into uh, cryptozoology? It really wasn't a choice. It was a situation where we had a fairly horrific incident that led me to go from being a victim to an investigator. And it wasn't like, oh, gee, I woke up one morning, gee, Wally. I want to be a cryptozoologist. That's cool. It wasn't like that. It was uh, a horrific incident up in uh, the Blue Ridge Reservoir up on the Mogollon Rim that kind of snapped me to my senses to realize that there was a lot more on this God's green earth than amidst the eye. So we went from there. I went from there, essentially. And I was looking for answers for many years looking for answers, and mm-hmm. it wasn't something I chose. Okay. All right. Now, many people call you the Indiana Jones of cryptozoology. What is it that coined you that name? I have no idea, <laughs> except, except essentially uh, probably rather than sitting behind the keyboard knocking other people down and punching them in the face via the internet, I'm actually out there boots on the ground, so that might be well what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. Well, it's kind of funny that, uh, and I honestly don't even know who coined that phrase for you because I've heard several people call you that, but um, it's it's awesome that you are out there doing this research. I, I know only of a few that <clears throat> actually do go out into the field and do this actual field research. Now, from all of your different uh, investigations and and um, research, what, in your opinion, has been one of the most prolific uh, hunts, I guess you can call it, or or research that you've done on a certain uh, creature? Yeah, and there's so many things out there, and I would invite everyone, commercial free. I have no royalties on my YouTube channel. Go there and watch, look, see what we've been up to for a while at no charge. There's no money on the table. And I want to tell you, gentlemen, right now, more cryptid than the Loch Ness Monster, more cryptid than the Chupacabra, more cryptid than Bigfoot Sasquatch, a.k.a. Harry Hominids, is this mysterious check writer who writes checks to us to do this stuff because there's no money in this. Right. And there's no money on the table with me. I have nothing for sale. The only thing I've got out there is showing you what we've been up to. That's about it. Mm-hmm. And there's no money. And there is no money. There's no money in this. No. <laughs> so if you find that mysterious cryptid check writer, who's more elusive <laughs> than all the cryptids we've been looking into and after for many years, send him my way. <laughs> Write me some checks, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I could say the same thing about our show. So if you guys find them, let us know. <laughs> you guys are out there. You guys are out there pounding the hammer of truth, and you know all the things that we're working on and getting through. 
hopefully we can get some truths out to the folks that are out there listening. That's that's our job. Absolutely. Yeah, for not, sure. Not our, it should be your passion, I guess, and and so many ways and forms and formulas, I guess that would be my passion too, is to be getting the truth out to people. Right. As best I can depict and show the truth. Right. <clears throat> well, now, there, there's a lot of television shows, uh, both on TV and on YouTube, of uh, people going out and trying to find these elusive cryptids, Bigfoot probably, probably being the most notorious. Uh, it, it's interesting that of all the different shows that are out there, no one ever seems to find any significant evidence or even an actual video or photo or, you know, any type of DNA reference to the creatures. So, I mean, it, have you ever gotten close enough where you can say, yes, this, this cryptid has to be real or is it all just kind of? They start with the television stuff. Okay. Because I've been there, got a t-shirt, bumper sticker and a t-shirt and the book rights when it comes out okay. and a key file. Okay. I got all that. Been there, done that. We've filmed uh, pilots for programs that made it to television and so forth. In the background, I've never signed off to appear in a television-produced whatever, whatever. Number one, it's entertainment, and they don't care if they find anything. And, you know, you know, God bless Finding Bigfoot. And what I like about that program is because of the popularity of that program, it's brought a lot of people forward who normally probably would have not come forward with what happened to them or their stories. So Mm -hmm. making it more mainstream, I like the program. It's harmless enough. Once again, it's entertainment. And I worked with Finding Bigfoot. (laughs) And, uh, you know, was there with Chief Dan, he's our Navajo elder, and you can see him on several of our YouTube videos on YouTube, but he was there with Renee, their renowned skeptic, and he was telling her some real truths about these hairy hominids, and she goes, I thought that. Oh, God, I knew that. Oh, wow, that's exactly where I was on this, and blah, blah, blah. And she was looking at the cameraman and going, go ahead, roll back, go ahead, roll back, go ahead, roll back, and Leonard and I looked at her puzzled. She goes, that's not going to make it into the program. <laughs> it's not going to make it. And then, you know, I'm like, okay, you know, we're here, uh, blah, 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 trying to, you know, instill some kind of knowledge in, to you folks with this topographical area and what's happened here. And, and you're rolling back film when we've got a Navajo elder, age 77, talking to you about some profound, prolific things, and you're rolling back the tape. And that's because it isn't the part of the entertainment value to sell tickets. And they need to sell tickets in advertising yeah. or you don't get it on television. So I right. uh, pretty well 99.999.5% have given up on ever doing anything regular on television. I will do uh, appearances, guest things, things like that. You know, if it's a particular touchy topic or whatever, I'm more than happy to do that, but I, I'm not ready probably ever to sign off and jump into a cryptozoological situation because it's 99% boredom and 1% terror. And you know, if you don't have the acclimates and budget for a crew to sit around for that 1% terror, mm-hmm. unless you create it. Right. <laughs> so, 
And that's, you know, mountain monsters. Sorry, guys, I'm calling you out. Funny as hell. And these guys were put together by a casting company. No one had ever heard of them before they hit the mainstream as far as being on television because the casting crew put them together. You got the guy that builds the traps. You got the ex-marine. You got the bearded blah, blah, blah guy and this, that, and otherwise, you know. And it was a casting crew that put them together. They were nothing before they were put together by the casting crew. So um, there's a lot of scripted crypto fiction going on. That, and there's a lot of other scripted crypto fiction going on with a lot mm-hmm. of your problems on television, which is unfortunate. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, and, you know, back in the day, Eric and I had a a paranormal investigation team, and we had actually thought about trying out for uh, Ghost Hunters Academy. Actually, I think we did try out for Ghost Hunters mm-hmm. Academy, sent them a video or whatever, and I'm actually very thankful that we didn't make it because even though it was a good TV show, that's what it was. It was a TV show. And most people don't realize that in what we call the reality TV uh, shows, it's not reality. I mean, half the stuff you see on there is either scripted, acted, or they compiled a very long investigation into an hour episode and just took out the the bits that were the best. So I am glad that uh, we haven't had that aha fame moment either, but... Um, one thing that uh, has always fascinated me about cryptids is no matter what culture you go to, everybody has some type of monster or uh, creature story. What do you think fascinates people about the these monsters, I guess you could call them? Well, again, it's the monster on your bed. And most people don't want to believe the monster under their bed is real, <laughs> but it is, and there is. A monster under your bed, if you so choose to look into it that far. Mm-hmm. People have blinders on, and they wear blinders. I, I I remember one time walking out of a Walmart, and I saw this huge winged creature above the airport in Farmington, New Mexico. What the hell is that? And as I looked at it, I go, wow, that looks like pterodactyl, pterosaur. Wow, that's a cool kite. Oh wow, I would love to have a kite like that. I'd fly that over to my neighbor's house and pick on him, you know. And I was looking at it and as it gained altitude, it started moving toward me. And then I realized it wasn't a kite. It was an actual flesh and blood something, something flying above me. And it got right over the friggin' top of me and I'm looking up under it and it's probably more along the lines of a territory and territory. Mm-hmm. If you're buying into the Darwinist situation, is something later along the lines of evolutionary change from a pterodactyl to a territory. It had a ring of feathers around the front of its wing, in the back of its wing, and in the middle of its wing was a leathery surface. And it flew right over the top of me, at least a 30 to 40 foot wingspan. Hmm. And it went across the Walmart frigging parking lot, catching a thermal, and I ran underneath it, trying to keep it in sight, and there's people almost hitting me with their cars, and everything else, but here's this incredible bird, if you will, a 
above a frigging Walmart parking lot where hundreds of people are getting in and out of their cars, coming in and out of the store, and no one's even looking up. No one's even looking to the side. They're looking straight ahead. They've got their blinders on. Hmm. You know, it, it really is amazing. Like even today, I was at work today, and for the last six days, I was in this new area of the building, and I kept looking forward, you know, watching the people, helping them out and stuff like that. Well, today I happened to look up and I realized, I was like, the ceiling, they're just the way the ceiling was built. You know, it was odd. I was like, how come I never noticed those windows were there <laughs> the last six days? Like, I swear there were no windows here. And it's funny because, you know, we do do that on a normal basis where we're just so focused on the day-to-day life that we're not worried about looking up in the sky or even care to look up in the sky uh, or under the water or whatever. Uh, and, it, you know, it really is pretty disappointing overall because I think if people did take a moment to just stop what they're doing and look, they might see things that they just couldn't imagine uh, to, to be alive even at this moment, you know. The well, pretty- the, powers, the powers that be. Mm-hmm. have well underway with the engineering that they've done. They make sure we can't see further than our own circumstances. Right, right. And and that's that's where most people are at. They can't see any further than their own circumstances. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they won't let us have that. You know, it's a comfortable, <laughs> cozy place to be, and they stay there because right. they've got a set of priorities. They move forward, and they don't look outside of the box, and they're always going to be in this little well-defined little space that is programmed and put in place by the powers that be. Right. Mm. No, you're absolutely right. Uh, now, Justin and I have never, I mean, we've done our uh, crypto research via internet and books uh, and, of course, conversations that we have with guests such as yourself, uh, but we never actually go, have gone out and done the research on foot or talked to people and hear their stories but we have done plenty of paranormal uh, investigations in which we're looking for uh, evidence of spirits or in our ca- or in my case anyway demonic entities that are uh, suppressing people and one of the things that we do when we talk to somebody or first meet someone and start to get an idea of what they've seen or what they believe we ask a number of questions and some of those range from uh you know how much they drink the type of medications they're on things like that to prove or disprove or at least help sway whether or not what they're seeing could be real or if it's something that's caused by a, a, another entity or another force such as medication. So when you go out and you do these investigations uh, and you're talking to people, do you ever go through the same process where you actually have to do a little bit of a background check on the people you're talking to or do you just take their word for, uh, regarding their stories? You know, these last several years, uh, well, actually last many years, before you see anything on YouTube from us, these people are well vetted. Mm-hmm. And especially on the Navajo Reservation, I've either been referred by the Rangers, Navajo Rangers, Navajo Criminal Investigations, or blah, 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 that this is something that you need to look into that we don't have the resources to look into, but we think this is something, you know, you need to go take a look at. So, you know, with that in mind, we've vetted a lot of these situations before they even happen. Mm-hmm. And when we get out there, you know, it's a, it's another circumstance of talking to the people if they're not job or, or not, you know. And <laughs> it has happened. You'll never right. see those videos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I'm telling you, I mean, it, it, there's not absolute perfection out there as far as witnesses. Right. Yeah. Hmm. 
Well, a couple of the. I've had to. Uh, Go ahead. I've had to re, kind of reconfigure some things too because some things that are so unbelievable are happening to people out there. I mean, you mm-hmm. know, just an off-brand story. I've got a gentleman up on the Mogollon Rev. He's on trail number 842, whatever. And there's a dude out there walking around. He's like, hey, it's starting to rain. And look at that. It's a monsoon. It's coming in. You want to, you want to, want a ride? Can I give you a ride somewhere? And the dude's like, yeah, sure. Give me a ride. And basically what this guy did was make an unfaulty invitation to this guy to get in his vehicle. Therefore he made an invitation to him to come into his life, essentially. And, you know, that's a lot of these things are out there looking for an invitation, whether you're dealing with demonics or whatever it is, they're looking to establish that communication with you as far as having an invitation. So going back to the guy in the Mogul and Rev, the dude won't get out of his car. He gets back to his house. The dude's still sitting in his car. He's like, I'm going to call the police. So he calls the police. When the police show up, they open the car up, and a rooster jumps out. <laughs> Freaking rooster. Okay? And the cops are like, dude, are you off your meds? You know, and he's like, I'm not on meds. It was the guy. It was blah, blah, blah. So the rooster struts around the yard for a while. The police leave. And then the rooster turns back into this guy. So he's watching the guy. And he goes on, he says, you need to leave. I'm going to call the police. I'm going to this. I'm going to that. this. You have no power over me. You can't touch me. And so this guy hangs out. Hangs out. And he watches him over a period of days. And the guy likes to sit up on his tool shed. It's one of the things he likes to do. And he sits up there. Sometimes he's a rooster. Sometimes he's a guy. And sometimes he sees him for what he really is. And he goes, he's wearing a space suit. It looks like a space suit or a flight suit. And he's talked to this guy at length presently, and the guy says, you know, I'm a Gergeshite angel, the last of the warring angels. Mm-hmm. And he's spacesuits. I mean, you know, your actual war in heaven, if you go through the scripture, wasn't swords and bucklers and shields and so forth. It probably looked a lot like the first Star Wars, that type of war going on, you know, spaceships and things like that. So this Gergeshat angel is a space dude and he was involved in warring. And then another thing I want you to look at too, you know, make this really basic and quick and simple is the bar scene from Star Wars. All the weird little critters that are wandering around in this bar scene. That's probably a lot what it looked like the times of Noah before the flood, because we had all this genetic manipulation going on. We had all of the sons of God taking <coughs> womankind, all the wives they wanted going on. So we, we had all this crazy genetic manipulation going on, whether through breeding or probably laboratory type things, because realize a lot of the things where we, we read about in the book of Enoch, the Watchers landed on Mount Hermon. And, you know, it's probably they their spaceship was done. So they landed on Mount Hermon, and they were stuck on the earth with us, soon to be us. And, you know, this is also very interesting. You need to go to the roots of all these things. It isn't like, 
Well, let's go chase the Jersey Devil. Or let's go look for mermaids and mermaids and let's blah, blah, blah. Go to the roots. Go to the roots of all these things. And I'm led back to the genetic manipulation talked about in the Book of Enoch, the Book of Yasher, the Book of Jubilees, and even to a point in the Book of Genesis. Hmm. These things are going on. Well, then that leads me to to one of the questions that I really wanted to ask you is, you know, we've heard different um, explanations as to what these creatures are. We've heard interdimensional, we've heard physical creatures, we've heard hybrids. What are your thoughts on what the creatures are today that we have going around? Well, essentially, the stuff I've been working on as of late, and you can go to the YouTube channel, uh, they're taking on physical entities, physical dimensions, but they have gifts that we don't have. I, sh- I shouldn't say gifts. I should say they've got abilities that we don't have, mm-hmm. obviously. And they're just toying with us. I-, I think a lot of this stuff is just waiting out in the shadows for the marching orders. And when the marching orders come in, look up. It's not going to be a pleasant day. It's not going to be a happy time. Jane Rodriguez, she's got quite a bit of uh, information from a guy over in the UK, mm-hmm. United Kingdom, on essentially a werewolf, wolfen, dogman type situation encounter that this guy, very extensive. But once again, he's being toyed with, the lights flicker, the lights shut off. He knows well that any time this thing can come in and rip and shreds, and it doesn't. And we go back to even where we've got human entities that change into something else. Mm-hmm. Our documentary, Navajo Skinwalkers and Legends, we right. go into great detail about that. But this is someone you could be sitting next to Sunday school, 9 o'clock in the morning, and 9 o'clock at night they turn into this wicked, evil, nasty thing and go out and do evil, heinous things to people. Mm-hmm. Right. So when you talk about an upright walking canine, let me hammer this home. You could have 20 possibilities at any given time, what it is and the origins of it. With all of the many cryptos, you, uh, cryptos that you research and have gone out to find, what is the one that you find yourself constantly going back to <laughs> Constantly just can't get enough research of. I, I, it wouldn't be that point, too, because I would just assume all this stuff stay away from me and leave me alone. So it isn't <laughs> like I, this compelling reason to go back. The compelling reason is people contacting me asking for assistance in situations, and that's what I do. Mm-hmm. I'm not out there on some glory tour looking, wanting to bring something in. Perhaps at some time in my research over the years, uh, at least with uh, Dr. Melba Ketchum's DNA study, I wanted the world to recognize that we had the DNA of something that we shared in mm-hmm. a scientific paper for the best we could do. That's pretty much where that was at. And this would be the Sasquatch, a.k.a. Bigfoot, Harry Hominids type deal with uh, all the human mitochondrial DNA was available on all these samples. And these are ancestries that went back 15 to 16,000 years with mitochondrial human DNA. So that goes back to the original mother, who's the mama. Now, when we do the whole nuclear testing, it's who's the papa, 
who's the mm-hmm. daddy. Right. The nuclear test team, there was nothing in Genbank. And we've got billions and billions of pairs of everything in Genbank that walks, crawls, slithers, swims on this planet. And there was nothing in Genbank resembling the whole genome DNA of the progenitor, the father of the species. So once again, I will say this lightly and heavily. In my opinion, we've got angelic DNA on file for the first time. That's actually a really interesting way of looking at it because, I mean, there have been people that say that they've done the genetic testing and basically all it really boils down to is unknown species. So right. it's interesting that uh, you, you actually came across that it actually boils down to mitochondrial human uh, well, it, is, all the mitos came back human. The ones that made it into the study, we had hair experts, we had this expert, that expert, everything else. But the mitos came back human. Hmm. And we had Jewish ancestry, Germanic ancestry, Native American ancestry, Asian ancestry. Those types of ancestries coming back with the mitochondria. And this was not contamination, because if I cut off a piece of Eric's ear, spit on it, cut my finger blood on it, it into a DNA lab, I would come back as a second party. Contamination. Right. These were first party samples with no contamination. There's a difference. But scientific, academia and scientific will fight this to the end. And those who have a pet peeve and an agenda on what these creatures are and what they want them to be will fight us tooth and nail to the very end. All I'm saying in the end, we have human remnants in these creatures, which is probably, for what they are now, is between 1% and 17% human. They've morphed into something else completely as far as the Sasquatch people. Right. <laughs> but we do some human remnants in their DNA that they can't get rid of, but they've morphed into something else completely. All right, JC. Well, we are getting close to the time that uh, we let you go. So I wanted to give you a chance to tell everybody where they can find you and any information you want to give out. Um, basically just go to uh, look for JC Johnson, YouTube and have at it. That's about it. All right. Sounds <laughs> <good>. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for taking time out of your day to talk to us, and uh, you have yourself a good night. Hey, God bless you guys, and uh, I'm not that far away. Maybe uh, something's shaking up in the Bismarck area. Oh, we already yeah. had a, a Bigfoot sighting, so <laughs> I definitely encourage you to come this way if you get a chance. <laughs> so God bless you. Thank you so much. Yep. Have a good night. Right. Bye-bye. Peace. Hey, he stole your line. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, folks, that was JC Johnson. And, uh, if you get a chance, check him out on YouTube. It's, he's got quite a few videos up there. I actually got a chance to see some of them before we got him on. So definitely check that out. Um, we are going to go into our post show, but we will be right back after Eric's random fact of the day. Now. Some people seem to be uptight about certain breeds of dogs. However, 
despite Americans owning more than 78 million dogs as pets, according to Factslides.com, only about 30 deaths per year are attributed to dog attacks. That's fewer deaths per year than those which were the result of bee attacks. <laughs> Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey, and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics, and in turn, make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month. To win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts, head to evergreenpodcast.com/slash/listener-survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. All right, folks, welcome back to Pear Truth Radio. My name is Justin, and I'm Eric, and we were just talking to J.C. Johnson about his、uh, YouTube channel, Crypto Four Corners, and he does. A lot of、uh, in the field research for a lot of cryptids, and you know we got into a lot of different things. And one thing that、um, kind of boggles my mind about it, because Eric and I, for the most part, kind of see eye to eye on a lot of these cryptid creatures. One thing that J.C. Johnson had brought up was the fact that he is more along the lines of these creatures are、uh, some type of hybridization. Uh, between man and and animal, or a- man and fallen angel, kind of like in the days of Noah. Um, from some of the stuff that uh he has said to us, Eric, what are your thoughts on like he had brought up the Book of Enoch and that these、mm-hmm. scientific experimentations were going on back then, and I, I honestly think that. If you're coming from a biblical standpoint, you see it more in Genesis. But a lot of people go to the Book of Enoch that are a little more into the、uh, Christian Christian conspiracy theories. What are your thoughts on on what he had to say there? Yeah,、uh, you know, I mean, we we know we we have a lot of friends here in the paranormal community who really rely on the Book of Enoch when it comes to the paranormal and the things that we research, such as cryptozoology or ghosts or just angels and demonology and stuff like that.、Uh, I really, as you know,、uh, and some of our fans know, am not one of those people. I don't I don't like the Book of Enoch. I don't use the Book of Enoch. I don't care about the Book of Enoch. I think the Book of Enoch is. Personally, I just think it's it's gibberish.、Um, you know, I know there's plenty of people out there who's going to argue, but the issue is that the Book of Enoch is vastly different from every single book, other book that's in the biblical canon, from Old Testament and New Testament. When you read Genesis, Exodus, you go over to Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, you go into Revelation, all that is vastly different. From the Book of Enoch, it's written differently. It has a different presence within it.、Uh, the some of the historical events that are within the Book of Enoch are inaccurate.、Uh, you know things like that, which just simply prove that the majority of the Book of Enoch simply isn't a book that we should be basing basing our faith on. 
Mm-hmm. Now, there are things that the Book of Enoch does say that do, you know, have some kind of meaning behind them or do have references within the scriptures. Uh, same with the Book of Jasher. You know, many people think the Book of Jasher has been found. It hasn't. There is a Book of Jasher that's been written out there, but the Book of Jasher that is mentioned in the Bible has not been found. Somebody just compiled some stories together, put the name Jasher on it, and people think, oh, this is it. But it's not really. That's not true. If people do their research, they'll find that the book of Jasher doesn't truly exist as it does in the book of Joshua uh, when it's mentioned. Now, people are like, well, hey, you know, so-and-so mentioned the book of Enoch or so-and-so mentioned the book of Jasher. It's like, yes, they mentioned it because whatever they're saying is true. And it just so happens that that truth is in the book of Enoch or the book of Jasher. Now, Many of us, uh, at least the Christian side, believe in um, uh, creationism. You know, we don't believe in Darwinism so mm-hmm. much. But there is truth within some of our secular historical books, secular scientific books. And we can refer to that and say, okay, look, this is true about space. This is true about time. This is true about light. This is true uh, about uh some sort of evolution, you know, microevolution, I believe in, you know, this is true, that is true, so on and so forth. But the whole, the actual evolution process being that humans were formed from a tadpole and slowly grew over time into, you know, these, these apes and then eventually people, that's the part we throw away. So why is it that we can say, okay, we agree with this, but we don't agree with that? And it's because one is true and the other is false in the same book. And that's what the book of Enoch and the book of Jasher do. They have bits and pieces that are true. But the majority of it is just flat out false. Um, and I think it's very clear for anyone who really does focus and um, read the, the passages, they'll notice that it's a, written by a completely different hand. The Holy Spirit isn't in on it. Uh, it some, some of the stuff just doesn't make sense. You know, there, there's different names for God that haven't been used. Uh, you know, when the Lord speaks, the Lord speaks, you know. We never see in the Bible of any angels, fallen or otherwise, go and ask man to to uh, to plead on their behalf to God. And yet we see that in the book of Enoch. Like what angel, fallen or otherwise, would go to a person, a human being, and say, hey, go on my behalf to God? It's like it doesn't make sense. Right. Uh, Almost like they're so, trying to fill in the gap somewhere when they're not right. hearing the word of God or, or whatever. Um, well, the one thing that really um i want to get your intake on is like in in the book of genesis you hear about the the hybridization of fallen angels and Mm -hmm. mankind creating giants Mm -hmm. do you think that there were because i've heard a lot a lot of people say this from the christian side that they believe that a lot of the old uh mythological creatures were actually like JC was kind of saying, a hybridization of animal and human because of the the fallen angels. Do you think that's where all these mythical creatures came from? Was something like that? Sure. It's, I mean, I think it's very possible. I think I think JC was onto something with that. You know, there there is this idea of let's put it this way: if the Nephilim did exist, and no one knows what the Nephilim actually looked like, we just know that they were giants, right? Right. Um, but who knows what those giants look like? I mean, we don't, if you look at the description of angels in the Bible, they're pretty horrific. So you can only imagine if, you know, there was angelic DNA 
uh, mixed with human DNA, what kind of creature that would create. And it's a very, that's, that's the, that's the reason there in of itself why God destroyed the earth of the flood because of how despicable it was. Um, and, and you know, and this kind of goes back to some of the myths in which like, uh, Lilith, you know, mm-hmm. uh, or, or, you know, some people would even say Eve, even though that's just, in my opinion, ridiculous. But, you know, let's go with Lilith here. Some people think Lilith is the mother of demons, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, th- and that she's the create can even be the creator of some of these cryptos and stuff like that. And that is if you believe that Lilith ever existed. I don't. But some people do. And if that's the case, it's like, who's to say that these these combinations, these genetic manipulations weren't done by angels? We know that they had technology. We know that they were powerful. Uh, the, we knew that the humans back then, we talked about this a couple of episodes ago, how humans back then had technology that we just sam- simply can't wrap our minds around. You know, we can't mm-hmm. fathom or understand it because it's a different technology, but it's one that was very useful and better even in some cases when you look at the pyramids and how they were designed and stuff. Right. Uh, so, so, you know, yeah, I think there is this possibility that there's some kind of genetic manipulation where maybe it did form cryptids of some sort. The only issue that we have now, though, is if that is true, why can we not find these cryptids that so many people are claiming to see? Right. Well, and then that's, that's kind of my question, uh, as well is I, I always think about mythological creatures. Like most of our listeners know I'm very into that kind of thing, but if these creatures were real, what happened to their remains, you know, why haven't we found any proof of them? I mean, there are people that say that we have proof of gigantic humanoids because mm-hmm. there are some in mu- certain museums and, and what have you. But why have we not found the griffin, the dragon, the centaur, the minotaur? Why have we not found those? And um if the flood really did happen, which obviously it did. Many cultures around the world talk about the flood phenomenon. Did that just wash away their remains and they're like maybe at the bottom of the ocean or something? What do you think? I mean, you know, there's always that possibility. Only 10% of the ocean has ever has actually been discovered, you know? So there's a lot in the ocean that we do not know, uh, may, may exist that we just don't know about, you know? Right. There are creatures that have been extinct that are suddenly found. There are new species of fish and uh, uh, shelled creatures that have never been documented before, and they're being picked up off the ocean floor. And they're like, oh, my gosh, what is this, right? Right. I mean, who the heck knows what, what's at the bottom of the ocean? For all we know, there could be, you know, the Minotaur and everything from Atlantis down there, you know, all the creatures of old yeah. uh, that we see in the Greek writings and things. Uh, you know, it's very possible. The fact is, though, we just it's something we cannot know. And it's something that we're just simply not going to know. If after all of these years, we've only discovered 10 percent of the ocean, there's no way we're discovering the other 90 percent before the world is, is destroyed, in my opinion. I was going to say, unless we destroy the world, the oceans dry up. Right. <laughs> we're exactly. able just to walk exactly. down there it's and like, just, oh, look, there's well, the Minotaur. And, <laughs> well, and honestly, that's true. And on top of it, the ocean is constantly moving, which means the debris that's in the ocean at the bottom or otherwise is also moving. Right. So yeah. you may look in one spot and then and see something, and then the next day it's gone. And because that's because of the tides moving. So 
it's too unpredictable, which I think is why it's so difficult to find stuff in the, in the sea. Yeah. Well, I, there's numerous uh, deep sea trenches and stuff like that too that mm-hmm. they could have fallen into. It would. The the thought just came to me of you know if one day all these creatures just kind of like walked out of caves and were like, yeah, where have you guys been? <laughs> They'd be like somebody opened Pandora's box <laughs> again. <laughs> it's just, I, I don't know. You know, it's. I mean, personally, I think it'd be kind of cool to witness something like that to see if these creatures really did exist. Uh, and at the same time, you know, it'd be kind of scary. Right. Because really, what's really going on? Yeah. At that I mean, point? what are they? What What is it? You know, if they are real. You know, now, mind you, there could be a very reasonable explanation here. Maybe there was no type of crossbreeding or anything like that. Now, I'm not talking about angels and humans. I'm talking about like these animals and people and whatever created, mm-hmm. uh, you know, minotaurs, for example. Um, what if that never happened? And instead, the minotaur and the griffin and dragons and this and that were just human imagination. They wanted to create a creature and boom, they drew one. There it is, became part of the writings and has become history since then. You know, you and I have discussed this many times over the last couple of years, how we thought about creating our own cryptid, Mm. putting it out there on the web anonymously and seeing how many pick up on it. And you and I both believe that if we did that, it may take one, two, three, four years, but eventually that creature is going to become real to people. And that's your next cryptid. Right. And you and I will always know, guess what? It doesn't exist. <laughs> so, I mean, who knows at this point? Right. Well, and one explanation that, that I always come to, which I, I think is kind of odd for me because I'm usually, um, I do try to stay skeptical about things, but I do land on the other side for certain ones. But look at humanity back three, four or 500 years ago, um, even going back to Greek, Greek mythology, even before, you know, uh, more recent, uh, civilizations, people could have been finding dinosaur, uh, bones and whatever. Um, even finding melded dinosaur bones in tar pits and whatever, and saying, Oh, I found the skeleton of this creature, so therefore it must be real and start writing about their adventures in finding this right. creature. Well, and I think that's what makes the dragon so realistic because we know now, we know that dinosaurs were real. Believe it or not, there are some people out there who think the whole dinosaur thing is a fake. Oh, you know, I have a yeah, friend who I've doesn't seen, believe in dinosaurs. Yeah, I've seen you some know? people talking like so, it was a know, cosmic joke like, by God that there's dinosaur bones around the world. <laughs> right. Uh, but that would make sense. It would, that would be a good indicator as to why there's dragons, you know, cause if dinosaurs existed and people started finding, you know, these, these, these bones, they might assume they have wings or maybe they saw, uh, maybe someone saw a dot, like a, uh, like a tyrannosaur or something or a raptor, mm-hmm. uh, and a bird that it was eating when it died and so it saw wings and they saw the dinosaur and they put the two together and thought oh maybe this is a dragon and that's i mean that's essentially what a dragon is it's a dinosaur i think the only thing about a dragon that may be unrealistic is the fact that some of them breathe fire 
or water or acid or whatever. I think that's the only thing that could be some type of manipulation. But the actual dragon very well could have been real. Well, and the one thing about the dragon, which I I know it was a fake documentary, but it was, I forget the name of it, but there was this documentary style movie filmed where supposedly they had, what if we had found a, a real dragon and the anatomy mm-hmm. of it and what, why it would breathe fire and how it could fly with such mass. Um, mm-hmm. And the one thing that they had said would be, there would be like a special bladder that would fill with gas. Yeah. I'm not sure if they ever really explained why it ignited fire. It d- doesn't make any sense. There's no ignition, no ignition switch ignition. <laughs> in, in the body, but it was, it was an interesting concept. So I thought it was kind of fascinating, but yeah, I, I, I think you're right. I mean, I really wish dragons were real. I, I would love a pet <laughs> dragon, but it's a good possibility. It was just humans trying to explain something that they came across. I, right. I don't know how much more to say about it because I mean, and I mean, that could even be said about a lot of the cryptids today. We're coming across things that we've never seen before. Mm-hmm. And, and as we've said, our mind plays tricks on us and creates these creatures that may or may not be real or right. it could be something as simple as some type of entity picking up on our fears and like, like JC said, morphing into yeah. whatever creature we're thinking of. Yeah. So. And, and we've discussed that, you know, that that's been a, the case and it's very, uh, in some paranormal investigations, uh, you know, I think there's a time where I talked about a investigation that was happening at somebody's cabin in the woods, mm-hmm. not, the movie, but a different cabin in the woods <laughs> where people were seeing a werewolf in the woods. Right. Um, but it would just disappear. I don't know. You know, it'd be there and then it'd be gone. And during the investigation, they found that some of the people or some of the past, uh, residents of the, of the, of the cabin actually used to perform rituals there and satanic, satanic rituals there, uh, and ended up you know, conjuring up things. And this guy used to always believe in werewolves and he used to want to see werewolves. And so it's interesting that all of a sudden he did actually start to see werewolves because it's like whatever you fear, whatever it is you want to see, if you believe it, it very well could appear to you. Right. You know, how many, how many times do you and I see something at the corner of our eyes, you know, that, you know, maybe we're thinking about it subconsciously and then we see it and it's like, Oh, wait a second. That wasn't real because we know better, but it could have been real. You know, it's just like <laughs> depends on your definition of real, I guess. <laughs> well, you know, it's just one of those where you have to do the double take, right? You know, right. Well, and like the the one UFO that I, I thought I had seen that I told you about. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. I can't explain it, but did I really see a UFO shoot up and then shoot away? I don't know, but maybe subconsciously I was thinking about an episode that we had done on extraterrestrials or UFOs but, and But you know what? The the truth is whatever you saw wasn't identified. It was flying and it was obviously an object. So <laughs> you saw a UFO. The question is whether or not what, it was, what was it? technology. Right. Yeah. <laughs> very, very good point. Very very uh <laughs> academic of you to to bring that uh, up. You know, I figure if I have a bachelor's degree, I may as well bring it to the table. 
it doesn't happen often. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. Uh, we're going to go ahead and jump, to, uh, take a break here real quick. We'll be right back after Justin's Paranormal Headlines. And now, Paratruth Radio's Paranormal Headlines. What's going on, Paratruthers? Justin here with your Paranormal Headlines, and these headlines are from abcnews.go.com slash weird. Massive flooding turns a New York park into a small lake. A park in upstate New York has been flooded by 1 million gallons of water and turned it into a lake. The Post-Star reports that part of the Saratoga National Historical Park has been flooded with water from an unknown source since last year. The accidental lake at the parking area is estimated to be 3 feet deep and stretching more than 200 yards. Officials believe a water main break or a drainage problem caused the flood. The extensive flooding has spread into a cemetery next to the park, too. Saratoga National Park Superintendent Amy Bracewell says the National Parks Service will, will examine all options. Park officials say they will drain the lake and dig a test pit to determine the cause of the flooding. Tests are scheduled for Monday. And this has been Justin with your Paranormal Headlines. This was a segment of Parachute Radio's Paranormal Headlines. Welcome back to Paratruth Radio. My name is Eric. And I'm Justin. And we had on J.C. Johnson today. If you have not heard that interview yet, stop the player right now. Go back and check it out. Uh, since then, we've been talking about the interview a little bit and uh, even more so just talking about cryptozoology uh, and just what it is we actually believe, what we see and you know, biblical stuff and just random stuff here and there, you know, uh, you know, fun, fun discussion. Um, you know, you and I have never actually done an investigation into cryptids, mm-hmm. uh, on, on foot. And I know we've talked about it. You know, the Bray Road Beast is one of the ones we've discussed about going yeah. to Wisconsin and searching out the Bray Road Beast. Um, and you know, things like that. Bigfoot kind of boring nowadays. So to, it's to been me, overdone. Yeah. It's been I mean, overdone. and you know, Maybe if we had had got a chance to actually get out into the field, for example, for a Bigfoot, and we found evidence, our minds might sway and say, okay, maybe it's not as fake as we thought. Or maybe it's, it is real, but it's not something that we can, you know, necessarily see. But you know what? And, and that's okay. I mean, that's, that's part of our program and having that open mind. If somebody can sway me otherwise and make me believe something mm-hmm. that I don't believe, by all means do it. I'm ready and willing, but it has to be significant and it has to be pretty darn good evidence to, you know, in order to sway me one or the other. Right. Uh, but yeah, so there is that. <sighs> anyway, we are at the end of the show here officially. Justin, I know you have some announcements regarding next week, at least. Uh, why don't you go ahead and get that out and tell us what you've got. All right, All right folks. So next week, we're going to be talking about the Salem Witch Trials. 
Oh, yeah. Something uh, Eric and I have been wanting to do for a while because it actually is not one we've actually covered yet. And it is one that uh, I think to this day is very uh, profound in the fact that uh, there were people killed and no real evidence to say that they they were or weren't witches. But get into more of that next week. Um, I did want to tell everybody to, again, check out paratruthradio.com. Uh, if you have the, the inkling to do so, check out our Patreon account. Just click on the icon while you're at Paratruth Radio. And also check out uh, fringeradionetwork.com and radioandpodcast.com as well. Mm-hmm. Our friends there, have, we have a bunch of different shows on both of those websites. And I think you will be very entertained with all the different shows there. So until next week, folks, where you will find us, same time, same channel. My name is Justin. And I'm Eric. Peace. If you enjoyed this episode of Paratruth Radio and you would like to listen to it again or are interested in listening to any of our past episodes, then you can find them at Stitcher, Blueberry, TuneIn, iTunes, Spreaker, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and the Fringe Radio Network. Or for a one-time fix of all of your Paratruth needs, simply drop in to paratruthradio.com. And of course, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram for brand new updates on our show every day. Finally, we love bringing you fresh, entertaining media each and every week, but we can't do it without you. So please check out our Patreon account. Simply go to paratruthradio.com, click on the Patreon logo, and help us to continue bringing you the latest and greatest in paranormal research. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. All right, you think that was good enough? I I hope so, man. I'm tired. (laughs) Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? I've never done it. (laughs) I don't know.